Girlfriends, episode number 216, How Fasting Can Help Your Marriage, with Colleen Duggan. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking with author and my friend, Colleen Duggan, about how fasting can improve your marriage. Are you ready for this? Let's go. Hello, girlfriends. Thanks for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Always glad to connect with you here. If you are a first-time listener to the Girlfriends Podcast, I want to give you a special welcome. Thanks for checking us out. I hope you're going to enjoy what we share here and come back for more. If you're a long-time listener or a sometimes listener, welcome back. Always glad to connect with you here. How's your quarantine going? We got to check in about this before we get started with today's topic, right? How's it going? How's your work life? How's your kids' school schedule? Are you adjusted yet? Are you doing okay? I've been checking in on Facebook Live with uh, Catholic Mom, uh, the Catholic Mom Facebook page, a few different times a week, just checking in for five or 10 minutes and just connecting with people and seeing how you're doing because this is a big adjustment for a lot of people. And I think it's okay for us to connect with each other in all the digital ways that we're able to, staying six plus feet apart while we are connecting. Podcasts are a great way to do that. But then also sometimes during the week, it's it's nice to have opportunities to reconnect, maybe just see a friendly face. I know some of you joined me last week when I prayed the rosary live on Ascension's Facebook page, and that was a fun way to connect as well and pray together a little bit during this time. And I just want to give you a little bit of a word of encouragement. If you're struggling at all, if this is a challenge for you, if you are struggling to adjust to new schedules, new family routines, new work schedules, new school schedules, whatever it is you've got going on, you know, in addition to possibly dealing with anxiety about health, about finances, all of these different factors are are coming into play here. If you're struggling in any way, know that I am praying for you. I always pray for the listeners of the Girlfriends Podcast, but I've been doubling up my efforts, especially thinking about people in their their homes and in their marriages and in their, their family lives and all the different ways that we are making accommodations and trying to get through this time together. And um, the the extra challenge that comes from feeling isolated, not having our usual community connections and events and social activities and spiritual support, not even being able to get to mass, um, being deprived of the sacraments in many ways. Know that I am praying for you. And know this too, if you're having trouble getting through this, if you are dealing with a, a challenge in any way, whether it's in your marriage or in your parenting or in your work or whatever's going on with you, know that it's okay to be struggling. Because you know what? One thing that I thought about um, during the past week when I was looking at all the different information, you know, that's available for, especially for that's aimed at moms online during this time of quarantine, a lot of it's talking about make the most of this time, make the most of it, learn something, spend more time on a hobby, you know, do all these family activities together, make it a great time. And as awesome as that advice is and helpful, as helpful as it can be, I think it also, for some people that might be struggling, could add a little bit of pressure on people like, okay, not only am I having trouble getting through this time and I'm feeling challenged in all these ways, but also I need to be making it my best time ever and I need to be productive and I need to have something to show for it at the end of this time of quarantine. Well, guess what? You don't. 
if if you are feeling anxious, um, sometimes that that alone can be very paralyzing. And that can drain you of all energy that you might have to put into some project. And so as helpful as that advice is when you are feeling up to it, to get out there and do things and maybe take on a new project or um, get outdoors and, and be doing things with your family and all of those things. And know that if you are struggling to do that, don't allow that to add to the burden that you are carrying right now. The the idea that you should be doing or participating in these things in any particular way. You, you need to do your quarantine, right? And early on in this process, I shared an image on Facebook and Instagram, and it was just a quote from something I texted a friend the night before, which was, God gives us grace sufficient for the day, not the entire quarantine. So let's let that be our motto as we are going forward here. Let's let that be our mantra, that God gives us grace sufficient for the day, and let's not try to take on more than that at any given time, especially during this time of uncertainty when we don't even know what to expect in the days to come. How can we possibly know what we're going to need for the days to come and be prepared for it? So allow yourself to be present today and trust in God's goodness and mercy and his love and the fact that he's going to be pouring his grace into your heart, into your home, into your family, into your marriage. Grace sufficient for this day. And speaking of grace, that directly relates to the special guest that I want to share with you here today. Colleen Duggan's been on Girlfriends before, and I've talked about fasting on Girlfriends before, but never quite in this combination. Colleen is a friend of mine, um, also an author, a contributor at CatholicMom.com. I've known her for uh, several years, and uh, she and I were talking, and she shared these wonderful stories about spiritual benefits of fasting for her inside of her marriage in ways that really surprised her. And I couldn't wait to share her story, to share her with you here on Girlfriends and along these these themes and these lines. It's a very Lenten idea. Um, so I've talked about the spiritual benefits of fasting in the past. I'm going to link to that episode in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. So you can get that there. You can get that link there if you want to listen to the other show that I did all about the spiritual benefits of fasting. But Colleen shares in a particular way about the spiritual benefits of fasting and the way that she's experienced it inside of her marriage. And I just think this is so inspiring. And even if you're not in a place in your life right now where you can participate in fasting, there are plenty of people for whom fasting is not an option, even during the season of Lent. Um, I, I still think that all of the stories that she shares and um, her faith life and just her her very uh, personal connection to everybody is uh, just so inspiring. And you're, you're going to enjoy listening to her and learning from her. So I'm not going to hold off any longer because we kind of went a little long because I, I love talking to Colleen so much. And uh, so let's dive right into this week's interview. Take a listen. Hey, everybody. I am excited to be welcoming to Girlfriends today a dear friend, sister of the heart. Colleen Duggan is joining us here on Girlfriends today. Colleen is a mom of six and a popular writer for Catholic media. Her work has appeared in numerous Catholic publications, including Catholic Digest, Creative Catechist, Integrated Catholic Life, and Alatea. Her book is Good Enough is Good Enough, Confessions of an Imperfect Mom. And she shared about that on her previous appearance here on Girlfriends, but we're going to be talking about a different topic here today. Colleen, welcome to Girlfriends again. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to have you. You know, we just had to stop ourselves from talking <laughs> off 
and say, we need to get this thing recorded. <laughs> I know. I, I do always talk. wish you were my, my neighbor. I do always wish that. We would never get anything done. <laughs> no, I, it's true. This is a fact. But I would make you fabulous chocolate chip cookies and send them to you. Oh, oh okay. This might be worth moving to Pennsylvania. <laughs> so um, I, I told people a little bit about you in your bio, but maybe just for anybody who may not have heard you the last time you came on or hasn't read your book, can you give us just like the elevator pitch or just the the little brief background for you and your family? Sure. Well, my book is really about how I surrendered to God, really. I had a lot, I came from an alcoholic family. And so I had developed a lot of um, coping mechanisms that really weren't helpful. Ho- workaholism, you know, I was, I had struggles with my temper and anger and Honestly, I think a lot of people struggle with these things, but they were Mm. really impeding my interpersonal relationships with my kids and especially in my marriage. And so I wrote the book because although really since the book has come out, I feel like it was kind of like the building ground for there's more, like there's always more. And so even since I, I wrote the book, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't through the grace of God, not through anything I've done on my own, I've grown so much more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you feel like that about your book? Yes. By yes. the time it comes out, you're in a different place. Yes. yes. That's okay. That's okay. Because somebody's in that place where you were when you wrote it. Oh, that is so helpful to think about it that way. Thank mm-hmm. you for saying that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I wrote the book as kind of like for anyone just kind of overwhelmed with life, feeling stuck to kind of give hope that there is, there is movement that is possible and that God wants that for all of us. And we don't Mm -hmm. have to stay where we are. Yeah. Right. Right. That's beautiful. And um, so, yeah, again, so people, the name of Colleen's book is good enough is good enough confessions of an imperfect mom, but we're not so much going to be talking about that topic, although I'm sure it's going to be related. Um, (laughs) Today we're talking about fasting for your marriage. And this just came up in our personal conversations, um, Colleen, where we were sharing about some different spiritual insights and things going on inside of our families, inside of our marriages, our own spiritual progress. And this topic, this big topic of fasting came up. So before we begin, I need to tell listeners, we're going to be talking about fasting. We're going to be talking about the spiritual tool of fasting, but of course there are people who should not be fasting, right? So people who are pregnant, breastfeeding, if you have a history of an eating disorder and might be vulnerable in that way, um, you know, any of these kinds of issues going on with you, fasting is not for everybody. It's not for everybody at every stage and phase of their life, but it absolutely is a spiritual tool. And I'm so excited that you're willing to talk about this, Colleen. Well, I'm so, uh, you know, you and I had exchanged, I guess maybe last year, some emails about um, articles about marriage. And we're kind of always talking about like, ways to improve communication. And then I got off social media and kind of closed up shop for, for a while. And um, you had been on my mind because a girlfriend of mine had started um, a text string. Mm-hmm. You know her, Megan Schreiber. A oh, dear, sure. Yeah, she's a dear friend of mine. She invited me and a group of women to start fasting. She felt prompted in prayer to start fasting on Fridays during Advent for marriage. Mm-hmm. And normally I would not, I, and I told, I've told you this before. I am the most carnal human being. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
fleshy is what, you know, a girlfriend of mine and I. Okay, listeners, now you're picturing this gigantic (laughs) fat woman, which Colleen is not. She is fit and cute and adorable. Well, that that is very kind. I. I do try. I do try to moderate my food intake because I am that fleshy, but not in a like obsessive, over the top kind of way. I, I do, but what I'm saying is, I I like to be comfortable. I I like to eat what I want, and um, I want to be healthy. But I'm like probably most Americans. I like food. Mm-hmm. So what happened was when the scandal in the church broke in 2018 in that summer. I, it just really impacted me in a deep way. Like I, I just was undone by it as I think a lot of Catholics were. And the only thing I knew to do was to, I just, through prayer was I decided that I was going to fast one day a week for the church. And that was a total grace because like I said, I, I have my devotions that I, I do daily, my prayer. I have my, my prayer time that I'm very committed to. But fast, unless it was Lent or or maybe something small in Advent, I I'm not going to fast. <laughs> it's right. just not. It wasn't a way of life for me. But mm-hmm. I really feel like there was a grace there. So I had already started doing this this fasting one day a week, and it was just until five o'clock. I would go without meals. I I would um, drink water, but there'd be no eating. Mm-hmm. And so when she she sent it. So when Megan sent this text saying, you know, Hey, let's do this for fasting. If you're interested, I was like, well, that's two days. I can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's a little bit too much. And, 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 but, you know, going back to what you and I had been talking about, like communication things, I will say this. I have a very, very good husband. I mean, he is a good man and he Mm -hmm. loves me. He loves our family. We like all couples had some bad communication patterns that had been established. And a lot of them came from me and from my way of relating to people. But I think also he had some things too. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard for men to ingest anything that they feel is critical or or even if it's just, I feel X they kind of get flustered and overwhelmed. Yeah, that's an indictment of them for causing totally. that feeling in you, right? Totally. Yeah. And it so, sure can feel that way. Absolutely. And so there's these real issues that you really need to talk about. And as a woman, I totally need to be validated. You don't have to agree with mm-hmm. my feeling, but it's helpful in my marriage if the other party says, I, I see what you're saying, you know? So what I decided was I was going to try to do the, the um, Friday fast for marriage. So, so during Advent, I did. We did that. Now, what I found was completely miraculous. And I think I had shared a little bit about, about it with you. And I won't go too much into detail, but I really feel marriage is, a, is such a precious gift. And it's so, such a powerful sacrament that the you know we are vulnerable to attack in our marriage mm-hmm. and when spiritually you know um sure. and i think what i realized during that time of fasting was the lord really took that little bit of time that i gave and said this is for my husband john this is for our marriage this is for our family and he revealed some strongholds some like kind of really demonic unhealthy just 
uh, communication patterns. Mm-hmm. And he just like stripped them away. Wow. And, and um, we were able to have, after a month of fasting once a week for our marriage, we were able to have conversations without fighting that we had never had. Wait, wait, this was the both of you fasting or just you fasting? Just me, just okay. me, with, with, that we hadn't been able to have in 17 years of marriage. Wow. So wow. I, I really feel like after I had read all the self-help books, right. <laughs> all the communication <laughs> books, yep. I had gone to all the therapy, I had gone to all the self-help groups. I mean, Danielle, I have done it all. I could tell you exactly what to do and what not to do, you know, right, right. that this was, I mean, we had been in, we had been in couples counseling for communication stuff. This was the thing. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Now, I think there's a, spe- a season for everything, but I feel like we had gone as far as we could go with those kind of worldly human, which are very good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing those, right. Those, uh, skills. We needed those. I needed those. I need those still. Mm -hmm. Um, but God in, in like getting down on my face, surrendering, surrendering all, like all my desire to fix in marriage, all my desire to correct all my desire to have him understand and just say, okay, I'm going to give this sacrifice to you, Jesus. Because I love you and because I know you can do better with my marriage than anything I've done up until this point. And it was like, boom, he came in and he just plucked stuff. It was so powerful. Wow. That is a powerful testimony, truly, Um, you know, for, for the power of this kind of spiritual tool. Now, some people listening are going to say, wait a minute, what she didn't even tell five o'clock. Like that's insane. Right. (laughs) And I would agree. <laughs> right. And and so um, you know, someone someone listening that might be interested in maybe, you know, attempting this sort of spiritual practice, would you recommend that they start that way? Or is there a smaller way somebody can get started? No. I I mean, well, I don't want to say what is best for people. I I do want to say that I had a regular prayer life. I mean, every day prayer is part of who who I am, what I do, you know. And so for me, the fasting was kind of like the next step, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, in, yeah. in cultivating a deeper relationship oh, with Jesus. Oh, that's a good point. Like, you don't want to be starting this and be like, I'm going to fast if you don't already have this prayer habit built up, right? Like, Totally. Yeah. Because then it does become, I think, or the temptation, I don't want to say for sure across the board unilaterally, unilaterally this is what happens, but it could become like a self-improvement thing or, yeah. or whatever. Um, I, on my own, am not motivated enough to ever take on a fast without a, a spiritual prompt. I have to tell you, it's just not... <laughs> It's just like, I think if I've walked 10,000 steps, someone should give me a gold star. So I, this was really an invitation that I felt, um, in my prayer to, to do both for my family, that is the Catholic church and, and my family, that is the one John and I have created. Mm -hmm. So I think if you are someone who is, um, praying regularly, you have, you have a relationship with God and you know, a give and take, and you, you are, you feel stuck in a particular area or Mm -hmm. you feel like you've done all you can do. That's where he led me where, you know, just like I had said, I had done all the things and I was stuck. And then within a month of fasting, 
we, I was having miracles in my house and I, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like I said, just the fact that we were able to have a conversation that before would have ended in, you know, a fight and maybe a couple of days of silence because of work, hurt feelings and woundedness. And, sure. you, you know, um, I think that happens in marriage and mm-hmm. we are rebound time for disagreements is so much shorter because <laughs> I've continued past Advent right. and he has started to do things on his own. Um, his prayer life has improved. Uh, he is, you know, I don't want to throw him under, he's so good and he's, you know, we're opposites. And so Mm -hmm. his strengths are my weaknesses and my weaknesses are, are his strengths, but there's just been, there's just been spiritual breakthrough everywhere in our kids and, um, especially in between us. So, so what's been your experience? What is it about the fasting? Like, why is this such a strong spiritual tool in your experience? Well, Going back to the fleshy carnal thing, (laughs) I I am really an intense person and I am very strong willed and I have certain ideas and set ways of thinking about thinking about things. And for me, the fasting is an emptying of myself and a total and complete surrender of what I want and I. And I'm impatient. If I want something in the moment, well, I'm going to get it. If I want a Starbucks and there's money in the account, I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And there's not going to be much stopping me. But, and that is part of my hard-headedness. Now, sometimes hard-headedness is is a great thing because you get stuff done and, (laughs) you you know, there's, there's, there's pros and cons to both. But for me, it's it the fasting is a physical deprivation of something that i normally could indulge and it mm-hmm. requires me to surrender myself and go completely to jesus to have my needs met and one thing i would would say about the fasting i don't know if this has been your experience but i on days i fast so if i'm not eating i'm trying to pray i'm trying to go to the word more i'm trying to mm-hmm. be in his word And, you know, it becomes alive and he's speaking to me through the pages and he's directing my life and my day. And it, you know, I'm, I'm fed in a completely different way that I don't even really miss the the food. I'm because I have him, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, if it's a way, if you're approaching it to like lose weight, don't bother. Cause it's not going to work. <laughs> I mean, for me, that's, that wouldn't be a motivator. I, I just right. have to be, be honest, but, it, but approaching it with an intention for marriage, the coronavirus, you know, the church, whatever, what, even for a child, you know, maybe a wayward child. Mm-hmm. I believe that you're, because I've experienced it, my sense of connection with, with the almighty is, is deepened and it allows his power to come into a situation and just completely get rid of anything that is not of him. Right. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. And, um, you know, I've shared here on girlfriends before what I think are some of the spiritual benefits of fasting and my own experiences with fasting and what you say about the emptying of self. I think you really, that's what it's all about, honestly, like, because in our culture, especially, but it's just human nature that it's all me, 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 right? And what I want right now. And I find that using this spiritual tool kind of hones that muscle, like 
it doesn't have to be me, me, me. It's not about me, right? It's about um, letting our Lord in, making Mm. space for him in our lives and finding contentment, not in the things of this world, not in the next thing you might eat or whatever form of entertainment you might take in or whatever it is. And it's being focused on him. And that becomes so much more possible when you want, in the most basic of ways, are eliminating that me, 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 and that it's all about me. And my, you know, the minute I want something, I have it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. We live in a instant technology world and instant food world. even. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we don't have to deny ourselves. And I, I think there's there, when we move out of the way, what God can do, (laughs) that is going to be, I hope what they put on my tombstone, she moved out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. (laughs) <laughs> finally yes literally and you know metaphorically <laughs> but but because it's just like okay I can't do this and th- th- I don't there's something so because it is so physical fasting um there's something very spiritually tangible that comes with it and I will also add to what you to you what you said I don't know if you found this with fasting but Um, it's not always possible, but on days that I'm fasting, if I'm able to go to mass, and again, it's not a to-do, this cannot be an approach that we take as like, and now I'm going to follow the Catholic rubric of fasting during Lent. No, right. this has to be a spirit of love and Mm -hmm. surrender. I feel that motivates, motivates one to do this. Um, and what I've found is that, you know, I'll, I'll go to mass on the days that I fast and I'll hear, I'll hear him say something gentle, like, and I'm going to feed you my food today. Mm, and it, it's so beautiful, you know, and it like complete, you know, I'm sitting there weeping in the, in the pew because I'm like, yes, this, this is really what it's about, you know? And mm-hmm. it, it's not, it, I'm not, I couldn't do this every day. I'm just, it would be too hard. And I don't think that anyone is, or I'm not called to that, but mm-hmm. certainly um, it's the fasting has in what I'm trying to say is enhanced my, my Eucharistic meals. Right. Because yeah, he's, he is the most important kind of bread mm-hmm. and it's been so beautiful. Yeah, that's, that is beautiful. And Um, One of the other things that I want to talk about is the ways in which fasting can um, bring out a greater sense of gratitude. Uh, Mm. This is what I found in my own experience. Like you go from this idea, like the minute I want something, I have it. I'm I'm never actually hungry in my life ever because (laughs) there's food always available and I eat it whenever I want. Right. Um, (laughs) And from that kind of, you know, living to one where you're much more aware of the ways in which you have blessings in your life and like, Oh, I, I get to eat like, you know, like yes. what a beautiful blessing that is. But not only that, I think it heightens your awareness of other things that are blessings that um, you might also take for granted. Otherwise, like other, other ways that you enjoy things in your life, whether it's a hug with your, your child or having a moment to sit and, and read a book or um, you know, all of these different things that are different kinds of pleasures that God gives us and wants us to have these good things every day. But how sad to be living a life where you're numb to them. Right. It's, it's like the emptying makes us realize the abundant life that we have. Absolutely. And, and I've, in, I've also encountered that. And 
I think, well, I don't know. Are you, do you ever pay attention to the kinds of thoughts you have on days you, you fast? A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. <laughs> because actually I texted my, my girlfriend, Megan yesterday and was like, here's some insights I have. <laughs> These people I live with eat all the time and I have to watch them. <laughs> What's offering up, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but I think it goes to your point of about gratitude that when we're well, there's two things because I totally agree with you about the gratitude and just realizing what a full life. You know, you've told me several times I have such a full, beautiful life. You know, mm-hmm. and when we're stuffed to the gills, either our bellies or materially, materially, you know what I mean? Or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We can't, we can't appreciate it. But if we're walking around with a growling stomach and we're, we're, we're uniting ourselves to Jesus saying, Lord, in this moment, what, what, what are you trying to show me? Our, our thinking becomes so much clearer about what is around us. Right. And, um, what, what we do have to be grateful for. I remember one time I was in a Bible study for many years and I was a young mom new, you know, I had a whole, three kids under the age of three. And I remember this veteran mom who had like seven kids and she homeschooled. And I just thought she was really cool. She was like super normal and fun. And, um, you know, her and her yeah. husband drank beer on the back porch on Friday nights and they might've smoked a cigarette. She, she just seemed like, well, <laughs> you know, well-rounded, like, okay, I could hang with her, you know, mm-hmm. not because of the beer and the cigarette, but just, yeah. <laughs> it was mostly about the beer and ciggies. I know. <laughs> but she just seems so grounded, but also right. like really in, in, in with Jesus. And I was attracted to that. And so I remember her saying that um, it was time for her to put her kids in school and her husband wanted her to do that. He, he wanted her to put her kids in school and um, she just really was feeling this call because she was so prayerful to, to homeschool. Mm-hmm. And so she, she decided she was going to fast for the day. And she said, you know, I'm just going to do a 24 hour fast from sundown to sundown. And, um, that, you know, I'll do whatever my husband says at the end of the fast, you know? Mm -hmm. So she does the fast. He comes home from work. He looks at her and he goes, so I've been thinking, why don't we just homeschool the kids? Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Magic. Uh, Yeah. Magic. God. I know. Yeah, Totally God, you know, totally God. Like he moved in his heart. Mm-hmm. in that, you know, 12 hour time period at work and right. came home and it was a non-issue and it could have been something that was a knockdown drag out had she allowed that. Right. So I, I think with the gratitude, there also comes this clarity of thought. That's the other thing I, mm-hmm. I think that can happen when we empty ourselves and they're not our thoughts there. It's like God's divine revelation for our lives. That sure. is that, um, becomes apparent through right. our self-denial. Oh, I think that's so true. And, you know, even just physiologically speaking, there, you know, studies show that in the fasted state, you you do have greater clarity of thought and greater focus. And oh, like scientifically? Right. Absolutely. I need to read more about this. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you said that the health factors don't motivate you, but they're there. <laughs> they I, are that, there. 
That would probably motivate me to know. That is a really good tip. I'm glad to know that. Yeah, I'll send you the studies after this. But that'd um, be great. Actually, I'll put some in the show notes too if people are interested. Yes. In out because I think it's not just about thinking. I mean, it's spiritually as well. Your focus spiritually, I, I think, really is enhanced by that. And and part of it too, Colleen. I don't know if you've experienced this. I kind of feel like, um, you know, before I ever did any kind of spiritual fasting. I was, I would pray for things and be, you know, of course, very motivated, like, but in the same way, like, gimme, gimme now, now, now. Yes. You know? Whereas incorporating the spirituality of fasting, you kind of learn a patience about mm. the of it. And it might not be that God's going to answer your prayer immediately. It might be he's, your husband's going to come home and say, hey, I 100% agree with you, like your, your girlfriend's story. Yeah. <laughs> It may not be that, and you will be okay with it, or at least more comfortable and content inside of that waiting for God's response, waiting for God's plan to unfold, that I feel like there's a real patience that you learn in it that comes from that. Like, I feel like part of the spirituality of fasting is God inviting you. Like, hey, Mm. I, I heard you. You came to me in prayer and said, I want this and this and this. Well, he's waiting and inviting us to show that put some skin in the game, right? Literally put our flesh in the game, right? Yes. I'm, this is how much it means to me. And then he can work with that. And it's been my experience that that really just really enhances that kind of spirituality of, of growing in patience. I think that's, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that is not something that I have shared. One thing I want that, one thing I want to say to that point, because it's so important is in that month of Advent that I talked about fasting um, for mm-hmm. marriage, I will say that we, there was, it was hard interpersonally and it wasn't an overnight fix in terms of some of the interpersonal marital things that we might've had. Mm-hmm. And he took that month before Christmas and really refined both of us. and it was hard. It was, it was, you know, I was doing this fasting thing and then it felt like it got even harder, but it was like, and then it was over because mm-hmm. once we got that, you know, to your point, like it felt like a long time of, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to be obedient here. I'm doing this for you. Come in here into this, our home, you know, come into our marriage and just, Anything that's not you, strip it away. And he did, but it it was rock. It was uncomfortable. Does yeah. that make sense? I yeah. Don't know what that means. And, of course. And the the things that we had relied on as kind of um, habits weren't mm-hmm. good for us anymore. And so there was like a floundering period. And yeah. and it's like going on the track and trying to build up those running muscles. You know. Yeah. You that have that to, first lap is very uncomfortable. Yeah. And we were in a lot of first laps. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I guess it, so to your point about the patience, it's so important to persevere. I think in the rocky spots of mm-hmm. that you might encounter in this fasting, because the rocky spots are a sign that God is at work, mm-hmm. removing stuff that should not be there. At least for in that is how I see it. Oh, that's a great way to look at it. it truly, it is. It, it's like okay, this this kind of friction is feels not nice, but we hung in there. I continued to fast, and then and then you know by January, 
there were, there was just really some miraculous things happening Mm -hmm. and, um, things that, that I might've always, you know, shared like, Oh, you do X, Y, and Z, you know, and, and in January, him coming to me and being like, you know, I think this X, Y, and Z might be a problem. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a small thing, but it was kind of not, if you've been married for 17 years. Huge. (laughs) Absolutely huge. Yes. Yeah. And I had to go to him and say, uh, Hey, I realized that this thing I shared over here in this situation with a girlfriend was really a betrayal of our marriage vows. And, um, I should never have done that. And I'm really sorry. And he was like, yeah, that really hurt me. I can't believe you did that. And instead of getting defensive and, you know, kind of attacking, which Mm -hmm. I could do, uh, we were able to have that conversation. And I, I don't, I don't know if that wound is totally healed, but at least it's being addressed. Right. Right. Um, and that you, you apologized for it. So I don't want us to run out of time before we talk about forgiveness and unforgiveness. Okay. And yeah. The burden that that can be and the, the role that that can play in healing or destroying your marriage relationship. So how does that play in with regard to the fasting? Oh my gosh. Well, I could talk I'm poor. I could bore people probably for hours of what (laughs) happens to the heart and to the body when you live a life of unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. And one thing I'll share is that, um, in all the years of regular spiritual direction and, um, counseling that I had. So I had people in my corner really helping me work through some of these, these interpersonal issues with family and friends and things like that. I, Mm -hmm. I am shocked to admit this, but none of them ever challenged me on the area of unforgiveness, which I mm-hmm. think is a real problem because yeah. it, it can make you sick. Literally, I mean, it can physically make you sick, but it also spiritually makes you very, very sick. And mm-hmm. so fasting as it relates to unforgiveness, I think can highlight those areas in our hearts that might need a little work, mm-hmm. that might need some attention. I think sometimes, well, I think all the time for me, unforgiveness has usually come from a deep wound that I suffered that I didn't deal with properly. I didn't take to the Lord and um, it turned into bitterness and that bitter root, the scriptures talk about the bitter root, you know, it, it, it planted in my heart and unforgiveness took over and it spreads like wildfire and it comes out in, in interactions with the people that you have unforgiveness towards. So again, radically denying ourselves, I think highlights those areas that we have unforgiveness, but um, also (laughs) laying flat on our faces and, and begging in prayer for God to help us in these areas Mm -hmm. of unforgiveness, I think are also important. It goes to the, how the prayer and fasting can't be separated. Right. No, I think you're right. And it's also related to what we were talking about where the focus on yourself and the emptying of yourself, right? Because unforgiveness in a lot of ways is holding on to yourself, right? It's all about, oh, you can't believe you did that thing to me, right? And it's just clinging to that. Of course, there are many ways that we're wounded inside of our personal relationships and inside of our marriages in deeply, deeply profound ways. 
and yet we're always called to forgive, you know? Um, I, I remember one time recently in discussion with my husband about something that I was really hurt about and he, it wasn't something that he did, but he was a little bit dismissive, you know, and that mm -hmm. was hurting on top of my hurt. And yeah. I just remember like in that moment, just, you know, Jesus's words coming to me where, you know, where Peter asked him to, how many times do we need to forgive? And it's not, not just seven times, 77 times. Right. And those words just came to me in that moment. And I, and I know it was because of the kind of clarity of, you know, spiritual thought and prayer that I've been yes. able to have because of what we started out talking about having that relationship with the Lord and being rooted in his word, um, in, you know, especially in regard to these personal relationships, our, our marriages first and foremost, that, you know, inside of that moment where, you know, any other time <laughs> I would have just been lashing out totally or, or pulling away and isolating yes, myself. Yes. Right? And both yes. of which are damaging and stupid and yet they feel right in the moment sometimes. Right. Um, and they create that stronghold of communication that I was talking about before. Cause those are not of God. Right. I mean, right. that's not what he wants for us. So that was a grace. Right. No. And it's, and that I was so aware in that moment that it was, my inclination was all toward this me, 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 precious me. Right. <laughs> and we are precious, right? We're precious. We are, yes. But the way that we're precious to ourselves is something we're called to let go of. Yes. 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 And I, I, that is such a great example. And I, it made me think of two things, just that, first of all, the grace that you received in fasting to have that clarity of thought to forgive, mm -hmm. but also that, um, I want to share this one thing that's related to that interpersonally with families. One thing that, um, I, I have a prayer partner and we, we get on the phone, uh, once a week really, and do, she walks me through some prayer exercises. And one thing she's taught me about this unforgiveness thing, we call it the basket prayer. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's so powerful. So she, you just close your eyes and you say, Lord, I have this basket and I'm going to put everything and everyone in the basket who's hurt me and I need to forgive them. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of do the X. So like in your example, you might have, have done whatever the incident was, whatever was said, whoever the people were, then maybe mm -hmm. Dan's reaction, you know, all of that would have gone in might take a few minutes, depending on what the issue is right. in the, in the bigger issues of my life. I don't want to tell you how long it took me. But in, the, in how many baskets? Oh my gosh, poor Ruth! I mean, she's so, she's such a warrior. I mean, really, God sent her to me, and and it, I mean, I really don't want to tell you how many hours hours I'm telling you. That's, you got to do that work. That's good. Yes, though. but like I was carrying that junk around, Danielle, mm -hmm. and and it was it was festering, and it was coming out in my in my interaction. So anyway, so so with this basket prayer, you you put it all in. And then um, you say this little prayer about taking everything in the basket and um, sending it to the foot of the cross for Jesus to do what he wants with it. Mm -hmm. And then you, you run through this list of things and um, you ask in prayer, my favorite part at the end is what lies have I believed around this situation? Because in, in a lot of negative interactions, we're believing lies. Right. Um, about ourselves. So it might be that, oh, I'm not good enough, or I'm just too impatient, or, and then you take a minute and you say, you ask the Holy Spirit in and you, and you ask him to reveal his truth to you. And what comes to your mind is his truth. And I'm telling you, talk about healing that unforgiveness wound, because 
what, what happens with unforgiveness is that we do believe lies about ourselves that, that mm-hmm. kind of, you, does that make sense? Like, yeah. Oh, of um, course. you know, like, because I'm loud, for example. So if someone is like, oh, could you just quit talking? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of rude, you know, but <laughs> I, I would be so affronted by that because what lie am I believing that, that maybe my words are not needed, are not necessary. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, which is not true. It, that is right. a lie from the enemy. And so yeah. God, the basket prayer, I do it with my kids. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been a real practical tool for forgiveness because we can decide to forgive, but it is really a supernatural work in our heart that also right. has to happen. It's God's I mean, forgiveness, not it our, is. Right? Yeah, It is. So mm-hmm. um, I love that example you shared. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. I love that example of the the basket prayer too. So that's very, very practical way that we can deal with this. Now we're going way over time. So we're going to need to, uh, uh, this was very predictable. I I knew, (laughs) (laughs) but it's great. You knew who you invited. You knew the company. (laughs) We're going to have to have you back because there's so much more to to go into here. But um, before we wrap up, Colleen, maybe just, maybe just a a few words for somebody who's this, you know, maybe they're struggling in their marriage or maybe they're just looking to build up their marriage or maybe they're struggling in some other personal relationship with a grown adult child or a teenager or whatever's going on in their life. Um, what words of encouragement might you offer them if they are completely daunted and afraid of this very idea of fasting? That's a great question. I think first and foremost, you know, having time in prayer, you know, not, not a reflection that you read, not, you know, taking the the word of God, going in front of the blessed sacrament and, you know, journaling, writing out your heart and then listening, waiting for him to respond. You know, he longs to talk to us and Mm -hmm. the saints all heard the voice of God. We are all capable of hearing the voice of God. This is not just for select holy people. Mm -hmm. You know, when you read the Bible, so many times I've been struck lately when I read the scriptures about how he talks about his people hearing his voice. Right. And um, that's what happens in prayer. And so whatever the situation is, uh, you know, to go to him and to ask for clarity, I think prayer is the, is the primary thing. If you feel like you do that and, and you're hearing from God and you feel some emotional peace around the issue, but you still feel stuck, I would definitely ask him if fasting is something you should consider because mm-hmm. the, the spiritual benefits of it and also what happens, you know, what does it say in the Bible that the, we're in a battle of principalities, the war, you know, the, you know what in Paul that I'm talking about? Yes. I don't have the quotation for <laughs> I, you though. I don't either. I don't either, <laughs> but that it's a war a, a mm-hmm. princi- a, between the principalities. And I think fasting uh, on a supernatural level engages in spiritual warfare and um, in a powerful way. And so if there's a situation that seems beyond hope, God through our self-denial can get in there and work. Wow. So that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. A powerful witness, your, your personal story and um, all of it. I, I thank you so much, Colleen, for all that you have shared here today. Thank you for opening up your heart to the listeners of the Girlfriends podcast in this way that I know is going to be deeply helpful to people in their marriages and all of their personal relationships. 
I really thank you so much for saying that. I really hope so. It is, it's a way of life that's changed me. And I'm the last person who would be changed in this way. So, <laughs> so God, testament. Yeah. You do. God can do all things. He, that's right. If he can do it for me, he can do it for anyone. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Well, my guest has been Colleen Duggan, author of Good Enough is Good Enough, Confessions of an Imperfect Mom. Is, is the website ColleenDuggan.com? ColleenMurphyDuggan.com. Yep. And that's the best way to reach me. Awesome. So ColleenMurphyDuggan.com. So check it out, listeners. Coming up, we've got some listener feedback for you. But first, we're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. I'm Jeff Cavins. I wrote The Activated Disciple because I know how easy it is to practice the faith and to study it. But what if we lived our entire lives without doing what we learned? God doesn't just call us to be students. He calls us to be disciples, to look and live like Jesus. If you yearn for a life that moves beyond just studying and believing, if you yearn to become an activated disciple, then this book is for you. The Activated Disciple teaches you how to take your faith to the next level so you can become an instrument for God to transform the world. To order The Activated Disciple, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. Welcome back. So I said a bunch of links that I want to share with you, both um, the the previous episode about spiritual benefits of fasting, but also for Colleen's website and her book and everything. So all of those links are going to be in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. But if you are listening right now and you're like, I cannot stop and go over and click those links and I'm going to forget to do it later, we have a solution for you. You can simply text the word girlfriends to 33777 and you'll get automatically subscribed to an e newsletter that will send you the show notes, all the links, all those resources for every episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. They will automatically get sent to your inbox every week. How cool is that? Then you can listen to Girlfriends week after week and just know that you have access to all of those resources without having to stop whatever you're doing and click or forget to do it all together. 33777, text the word girlfriends. Now, I promised you some listener feedback, and we are running out of time for me to share it here on the podcast. But this week, I got a very helpful email from listener Catherine, who has a son that was born with special needs. Um, He was born without an immune system, you know, the bubble boy disease. Um, So that was back in 2017. And she shares some tips for um, how to manage that kind of a lifestyle where they've been self-quarantining for a very much longer time than most of us. And so she has a lot of wisdom and spiritual insight to share on the topic of, um, you know, social distancing and uh, self-quarantining. And I, I really was very much moved by by Catherine's email. And I, I do want to share it on the podcast, but I'm going to hold off and share it uh, next week. But in the meantime, I'm going to post it in the show notes. So if you want to be able to check that out in the meantime, that will be uh written up over at ascensionpress.com. And in the meantime, all the ways we can connect, let's talk about all the ways that we can connect outside of the podcast, because, you know, I love connecting here, but especially now, especially in these days where many of us are more socially isolated than previously, 
we're looking for ways to connect with one another. So for sure, I'd love it if you would join our Facebook group, which is growing all the time. It's easy to become a member. All you have to do is listen to the Girlfriends Podcast and you qualify. You get to be a member, but you do have to request membership at Facebook. So go to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends Podcast. Again, if you can't remember that, subscribe to the show notes. Text Girlfriends to 33777 and you'll get all that information right in your inbox and be able to click right over and join us on the Facebook group. So the Facebook group is a private group. It's a closed group just for listeners of the podcast. And it's been such a wonderfully supportive community of women. I've been so encouraged by the ways in which um, people connect and share there and are always looking to affirm each other, encourage one another. You know, sometimes these Facebook groups get a little out of hand and there's a lot of judgy judgy going on, or there's a lot of, uh, you know, divisiveness. And this for sure is not going on in the Girlfriends Podcast Facebook group. And for as long as um, we're continuing it, it's going to be that way. I can promise you that's how we're planning to maintain the membership there is having that very much a, a spirit of community and mutual support and affirmation for one another and having it be a safe place where people can share what's on their hearts, what they might be struggling with and um, look for encouragement and support from like-minded individuals. And the fact that it's a private group means you can share there and your friends and family members on Facebook will not see what you are posting unless they also are a member of the Girlfriends Facebook group. So check it out, facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends podcast. Also for a few weeks more, I'm going to be still hosting my quarantine book club based on themes in my book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood, which is newly available from Ave Maria Press. The link to the book is in the show notes at ascensionpress.com, or you can check it out on Amazon. If you go to the Ave Maria Press link, though, you can read the first chapter for free. Um, And then once you get your copy, or even before you get your copy, I'd love it if you would join us in the Quarantine Book Club. We are reading and sharing about a different chapter every week. We meet on Thursdays at 1 p.m., on the Catholic Mom Facebook page. So that is facebook.com slash Catholic Mom Community. I will have the link in the show notes as well. I'd love it if you would connect with us there. And in the meantime, I would love it if you would reach out to me personally. You can send me an email if you have a question, if you have a thought, if you have feedback on today's show, if you have feedback for Colleen or for me about our conversation today, would love to hear from you. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com or record a voice memo on your phone. You know I love to hear your voice and add your voice to a future show of Girlfriends. So you can send that to me, danielle at daniellebean.com. And that's all the time we have for today. But I want to thank you for being a part of today's show. Thank you for showing up. Your presence here truly is a gift. I'm so grateful for your participation, for your presence here as a member of the Girlfriends community. Thank you so much for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 